Hi, I'm Rob Holman, international speaker, best-selling author, and inside-out leadership catalyst. I'm on a personal mission to interview 12 of the greatest inside-out leaders in the world in 2021. These extraordinary leaders come from business, sports, politics, and entertainment who have faithfully demonstrated inspiration, humility, courage, perseverance, and servant leadership. Get ready and enjoy our next amazing episode of Inside Out Leadership. The highlights have never been about art museum and castle. and I mean, those are nice things, but nice restaurant, hotel, art museum, and castle. I've kind of done that yeah. you know, a few thousand times. So my number one trip by far was I went to Africa in about 1985 with the famine relief campaign. Hmm. And I was there nine days. It was NBC film crew with us. And I watched a lot of people start to death, literally start to death. Now, very few people have actually seen a person starve to death before, but I did. Uh, I have a picture from the trip. And the picture is in my book, Triggers. And it's a picture of a line of kids. And I'm kneeling down, and a woman's kneeling down. She's measuring their arms. And if their arms are too small, they get no food. They're going to die anyway. You go over there. Arms are too big, they get no food. You're not hungry enough, you go over there. If their arms are in the middle, they get food. And I keep that picture and I try to look at it every day as a reminder of be grateful for what you have. Yeah. Now, those are good people. They just stopped raining and they're all dying. And so that was the number one trip. The number two trip, probably most interesting, I went to Russia between Gorbachev and Yeltsin, which was just insane. It was even almost impossible to describe how fun it was and crazy and different. And then I went to Berlin after the wall came down. I was at in the Ukraine when they had the Orange Revolution, stuff like that. The most interesting trips I've been on, it's not where, but where and when, mm -hmm. where you're part of history. You know, it's when, and the, you can't repeat the when. Yeah. See, even if you repeat the where, it's not the same. The feeling is not the same. The when is, is really always been the differentiator. That was Marshall Goldsmith responding to Rob Holman when he asked about one or two places that he's been that have inspired him the most. Marshall Goldsmith is a member of the Thinkers 50 Hall of Fame. He's the only two-time Thinkers 50 number one leadership thinker in the world. And he's been ranked as the world's number one executive coach and top 10 business thinker for eight years. As you heard Marshall say, his most inspired visits weren't the restaurants and the dinners or the castles, but rather the unique, unrepeatable combination of when and where. In this episode, Rob talks with Marshall about true success being an inside job, or as Marshall likes to say, if someone's going to improve, it's only going to come from one place and one place alone, in the heart. From Autoburst Media, this is Inside Out Leadership with Rob Holman. Marshall, welcome to the show. Hey, so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, listen, I got so much to cover with you in approximately 25 minutes. I don't know if we're all going to be able to fit it in. So bear with us, will you? We'll do our best. All right. Listen, I've got to, this is not only for the overall audience, but selfishly, I've gotten to know you a bit from afar by reading your content, your books, and it has mentored me far more than you may even realize. So I just want to say thank you. I'm honored that you're with us. 
and I'm looking forward to learning a whole lot. So Well, thank you. You've made my day already. My mission oh. in life is to help as many people as I can in the time I have left to do it. And that translates to help you have a little better life. So if I've helped you have a little better life, you have given me the greatest gift in the world, the gift oh. of mean, meaning, the gift of meaning. So good. So good. So listen, I want to start with family. I know you're a family man. And I want to I want to look under the hood of Marshall's car, so to speak, and ask you some things like, what's it like in this season of your life? You've accomplished so many different things. You've written over 40 books, written or edited over 40 books, New York best New York Times best-selling books. You're a professor, you're an influencer in so many different regards with leaders all over the world. But more importantly, you're a husband, you're a dad, you're a grandfather. So grandfather. what's it like? What's it like being a dad and like a grandfather in this season of your life? Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, I've got two little six-year-olds. I moved here in Nashville a month ago, be a little closer to my grandkids. Uh, my son lives in Austin, Texas. He's an entrepreneur. I was just with him over the weekend. I talked to him almost every day. My daughter's a full professor, just became full professor a month ago here at Vanderbilt. And so daddy's very proud. She was teacher of the year, researcher of the year, and got a couple little grandkids. So life is good. Life is good. I love it. That's so good. So what's like, what do you go by? Papa, granddad, Papa. grandpa. Okay. So Papa, Papa. They call me Papa. Papa. So what's Papa do with the grandkids? Let's say you got the grandkids for a few hours. What do you do? I mean, do you, do you like I, to keep I'm them active? I'm what? teaching them about uh, gambling. So I play this horse racing game where they throw dice and then they move the little dice like horses and the winners and they get money. And so I'm teaching about probability gambling so my little grandson, <laughs> he was talking to somebody and he said, oh, I think I can buy that with my money. And the woman said, well, where do you, where do you get money? He said, oh, I got it by betting on horses. <laughs> <laughs> He's only six. Horses. Oh my. That is wild. So today the overall theme is just success. I mean, you, you take successful leaders and make them even more successful. But the reason why I thought I wanted to just start with family because their family is just invaluable to you. So right. let's say you're talking to one of your grandkids about success, like, and they say, Papa, what's, what is success? And you're trying to articulate success in a way that they can grasp. What would you say? Well, I might not get it for my grandkids, but I can say it for most people that two variables. One is you love what you're doing. And two is the results of what you're doing are meaningful to you. So my daughter Kelly and I did research on this. And we looked at life and said, what matters in life? Well, there's not that much that matters. You know, what matters? A few things. Two things that matter are happiness and meaning, though. And in terms of my definition of success, what that means is I'm doing what I love to do, and simultaneously, the results of what I'm doing are meaningful to me. And by the way, I, nobody can define happiness for me but me, and nobody can define success for me but me. These have to come, as you said, from the inside, not from the outside. I cannot tell you what is going to make you successful because that definition has to come from your heart, not from my heart. So, so let's go back a little bit. There's how you define it today, certainly. And I love that. I love how you're defining it. So when you were a kid, like in your childhood, what did success mean growing up? I mean, so much, so much of our life, we're influenced by our parents, how we were raised. Yeah, you know, I, I think it depends at what age I was on. I was in, you know. But as, you know, as a kid, I like most people thought success was people that had money, TV show, movie star, 
whatever. He grew older, got to go out with the high school cheerleader, you know, that kind of stuff. It was sort of your traditional, the way most people would define as success because you're brought up in a culture. You, you do what is in your culture. And so I would say I wasn't much different than anyone else. Um, I was always more academic, though, because I was probably in a very poor neighborhood. First four years we were in school, we had an outhouse. So I wasn't brought up at Harvard Prep here. No, we were a very poor neighborhood. But my mother was very driven, and she was very focused on me to be academic. And I knew how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide before I went to school. So I was, you know, to me, the idea of academic success was kind of drilled into me at a young age. Yeah. Now you mentioned your mom on your success journey highlights, right? As very impressionable. And she really helped mentor you in very various ways. Who were some other people along the way from your childhood, early adult years and ongoing that truly mentored you in the area of success, more from the inside working itself out? Who would you say? Well, to me, you see, this is a very important topic because a lot of my life revolves around this question and the end result of this question. Because uh, I went to a program and I was asked, who are my heroes? My heroes were very kind and generous people who were great teachers and mentors to me. For example, Paul Hersey, my first great uh, teacher. He was really helped me make my career. Warren Bennis, a great thinker in our field. Peter Drucker, Francis Hesselbein. Some of my clients, although I'm theoretically their coach, practically, they, I learned far more from them than they learned from me. Alan Mulally, a great leader. Francis Hesselbein, a great leader. Just People like that have been mentors to me, and they never charged me any money. Wow. They always helped me for free. And so that led to my idea of the 100 coaches. <laughs> so I went to this program. So the woman said, who are your heroes? Same question. Then why are your heroes? I told her. And she said, you should be more like them. I decided to give away everything I know to 15 people. And the only price is when they get old, they would do the same thing. Pay it forward. So I made a little video and put it on LinkedIn. So I'm it's a very primitive video. So I'm thinking maybe 100 people would apply, and I'd adopt 15. You say I was wrong. So far, over 18,000 people. <laughs> Good problem to have, isn't it? Yeah, well, I've had over 18,000 applicants. Now I've adopted about 300 people, so it's called 100 Coaches. It's really good. The whole idea is, is no money, no guilt, no expectation. You just try to help others. And the idea is, though, if I try to help you, there's no expectation you have to help me or pay me. The idea is you help somebody else. So that's the whole idea. It's a lovely idea. It's been so positive. And, you know, it turned out to be the most widely viewed video ever shown on LinkedIn. Amazing. Because when I think of you, again, read so much of your material, you've influenced me far more than you even realize. When I think of Marshall Goldsmith, I think of an extremely generous human being. I really do. I mean, generous with your time, generous with your resources, generous with giving back, generous with paying it forward. And yeah. so you're giving an illustration with the 100 coaches in that kind of a way. I mean, I mean, so you've already shared some people that have meant a lot to you and helped shape you over, over time. Now, I've got to ask you this question. You've been, I don't know how many countries you've traveled to over the years. 102. 102. I mean, that's quite a few, right? I, you, cool. learned early, you learned early on that, that the world is so much bigger than America. Yeah, right. I, on American Airlines alone, I have over 11 million frequent flyer miles. Are you serious? No, if you go to Nashville at the Admirals Club, they have my picture on the wall. No way. That is, that's, wow. So, so okay, within all your travels, I find the more I travel, I've not flown to 102 countries, trust me. Yeah. But a handful I certainly have. And I remember back in 2007, I took my first trip to the Middle East. Yeah. 
I went to Dubai, went over to Afghanistan and just studying um, different people within education, outside of education, doing extraordinary things in the area of humanitarian work. And it really helped shape me on my success yeah. journey. The yeah. things that I was able to take, you know, learn and then take back with me to the States completely. I mean, I don't like to use this word terribly often, but really did transform me. Sure. So if you look at your travels over the years, 102 countries, were there any, I'm sure there are many, but would you be able to highlight maybe one or two, I don't know, people that you met, places that you went? Let me give you a couple. Yeah. The, again, for me, the highlights have never been about art museum and castle. And I mean, those are nice things, but nice restaurant, hotel, art museum and castle. I've kind of done that yeah. Yeah, a few thousand times. So my number one trip by far was I went to Africa in about 1985 with the famine relief campaign. Hmm. And I was there nine days. It was NBC film crew with us. And I watched a lot of people start to death, literally start to death. Now, very few people have actually seen a person starve to death before, but I did. Uh, I have a picture from the trip. And the picture is in my book, Triggers. And it's a picture of a line of kids. And I'm kneeling down, and a woman's kneeling down. She's measuring their arms. And if their arms are too small, they get no food. They're going to die anyway. You go over there. Arms are too big, they get no food. You're not hungry enough, you go over there. If their arms are in the middle, they get food. And I keep that picture and I try to look at it every day as a reminder of be grateful for what you have. Yeah. Now, those are good people. They just stopped raining and they're all dying. And so that was the number one trip. The number two trip, probably most interesting, I went to Russia between Gorbachev and Yeltsin, which was just insane. It was even almost impossible to describe how fun it was and crazy and different. And then I went to Berlin after the wall came down. I was at in the Ukraine when they had the Orange Revolution, stuff like that. The most interesting trips I've been on, it's not where, but where and when, where you're part of history. You know, it's when. And the, you can't repeat the when. Yeah. See, even if you repeat the where, it's not the same. The feeling is not the same. The when is is really always been the differentiator. Yeah. I mean, talking about touching stories. I mean, you in 1985, you took me back there with you. And, and you use such strong words and, and I'm a big, you know, visual person It really painted a picture and it can't help it. Obviously when you experience things like that to penetrate deep places in your heart and your mind yeah. and, and really soften maybe even places that have been hard over the years, et cetera. And here we're talking about success from the inside out. I love one of the quotes that uh, I took from, uh, you know, a, I don't know if it was a TEDx talk, a TED talk you gave, or maybe it was a talk to the Fortune 500 companies or whatever. But it says this, Marshall, you say this, if someone's going to improve, it's only going to come from one place and one place alone in their heart. That's right. Can you tell us more about that? You see, in my job as a coach for years, I had a very unique billing system. I didn't get paid if my clients don't get better. So better is not judged by me or them, it's judged by around them. The client I spent the most amount of time with didn't improve at all and I didn't get paid. The client I spent the least amount of time with improved more than anyone I've ever coached. 200 people got better and I did get paid. This was a humbling lesson. Yeah. I made a chart on one dimension, time spent with the executive coach, Marshall Wellsmith. The other dimension, improvement. There was a clear negative correlation between spending time with me and getting better. I thought, this is troubling. So I go talk to my client who improved the most, who was CEO of the year in the United States, is a wonderful human being. His name is Alan Mulally. 
Allen went to Ford. The stock was $1.01. He left was $18.40. It went up 1,837% when he was a CEO. He had a 97% approval rating for every employee in a union company. Think about that. UAW loves the CEO. That doesn't happen. No. 97% approval. They love the guy. So I talked to Alan, my friend. I said, now he's, he's, he's a good friend of mine. I talked to him all the time. So I said, Alan, of all the people I coached, you improved the most. Or I spent the least amount of time with you. I showed Alan my chart. I said, Alan, the way this chart looks, had you never met me, you'd really be good. So I said, what should I learn about coaching from you? He said, Marshall, you have one job as a coach, customer selection. You pick the right customers, your process always works. You pick the wrong customer, your process never works. He said, don't make coaching about yourself and your own ego and how smart you think you are. Make it about the great people you work with and how proud you are of them. You know, that changed my life because yeah. really, you know what I learned? It's not about me. It's about them. Right. It's not my life. It's their life. And if it doesn't come from their heart, why am I here? Yeah. Great point. Why am I here? I'm not yeah. helping them. So I tell my clients, I got ranked number one coach forever. I'm not ranked number one coach because I'm a good coach. No one knows if I'm a good coach or not. Nobody's watched me coach people. I get ranked number one coach because I get the number one clients who stand up publicly and talk about me coaching them. That's why, yeah, that's why I'm number one. Read my book, Triggers. 27 major CEOs endorse the book. That's why I'm number one coach. Nobody else has 27 people like these people standing up and giving speeches about them. Well, I do. Why? They're great people. They're just great people. And the key is, if you work, look, no offense to me, but anybody's going to look like a good coach if you have my clients. They're <laughs> so good. It's like one basketball team is coaching all-stars and other team is coaching ones that all got cut. Well, the all-stars win. I'm coaching all-stars here. Yeah. Well, you're, listen, when you start getting a basketball, Marshall, you're totally speaking my language. I, I had the opportunity to play pro basketball for about seven years. And so I've always been enamored with elite athletes, elite executives. Yeah. It's very interesting you mentioned athletes because one of my hundred coaches is a basketball player. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you know Pau Gasol. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I don't what know him personally, but of course we know about his game. He is such a good guy. And he is a member of our hundred coaches. Great. In fact, tomorrow, Pau... I don't know if it's public knowledge, but there's a documentary being made on Netflix about his life. So tomorrow there's a film crew coming here to interview me about working with Pau Gasol. No way. I love the guy. He is a class oh, actor. I've admired him for years from a distance. Now I'm even that much more intrigued that he's a part he of the a movement. good person. Oh, you know, another athlete I, I, I there's a member of our group is Curtis Martin. Curtis okay. is the National Football League Hall of Fame. Ran for the Jets, number five yeah. rusher in NFL history. And boy, he is a wonderful, wonderful human being. So, so yeah, I, so I want to ask you this just I hadn't planned on this at all, but since we're in the basketball space and talking about elite athletes, elite executives, again, you're in the business of taking successful people, making them more successful. Yeah. Okay, so I want to get your two cents on something. Sure. So, you take a look at two elite athletes, Kobe Bryant, who passed away a year, year and a half ago, tragically. Right. And you take a look at Tiger Woods. Yeah. Okay? Now I've studied these kind of athletes, but I want to get I want to get your take on it. So Kobe Bryant years ago that he really struggled in his marriage and and was right. really under fire in some personal areas. Okay. Yeah. Kobe during that time, on the basketball court, seemed to thrive. It's like the court became a sanctuary for him. It was his sanctuary, right? Yeah. Now you take another athlete like Tiger Woods. Tiger had his own fair share of problems. Okay. Mm -hmm where the golf course for, for him was far from a sanctuary. 
Right. Tiger took years to get back in, in many regards. Some would say he's still trying to get back. Where yeah. Kobe continued to keep moving, both elite athletes, but one during a trying time to say the least, one yeah. excelled and the other really went backwards. What's your take on that? What, what are the reasons why? You know, I know absolutely nothing about Tiger Woods, so no opinion on him one way or the yeah. other. Not, not positive or negative. I just don't yep. know anything. Kobe Bryant, I do not know Kobe Bryant. I do know Pal Gasol, though, who's a great friend. Pal named his daughter after Kobe's daughter. Oh. I don't know if you know that. After no, Kobe's I didn't. Pal had a little baby, and he named his daughter after Kobe's daughter. That was just oh. very sweet. He yeah. said Kobe Bryant was the hardest working person he'd ever played with. Yeah. He said yeah. that guy was total focus, and he said it didn't matter if you're 30 points ahead. It didn't matter if the game is meaningless. You know, it didn't matter if it's the last five seconds. He's there. Yeah. But he's never, ever played with anyone who's more focused than, than him. Mm. So, you know, I think what Kobe Bryant, the gift, I'm not, I don't know him at all. The one yeah. gift, according to Pau Gasol, he had, though, is he had the ability to focus, Yeah. to block everything out to be where he is. And when he was playing basketball, he busted his butt. Mm -hmm. He was, a lot of people don't think, I mean, he was obviously naturally talented, mm -hmm. yet it wasn't just he's talented. He worked. He worked his butt off. He did. And Pau Gasol said he was never lazy. He was never slacking off. You know, Curtis Martin, same thing. Yeah. This guy's not that big. Mm -hmm. Now, he's not that big. He's not that much bigger than me. He's not that big. He's strong, but he's not that strong. He just works hard in a way. Yeah. So thanks for allowing us to go there because I just I, I think you're touching on something that's so big with that laser focus and and successful leaders and becoming even more successful it requires having laser focus and in, in the midst of many distractions that so many leaders face day in and day out, especially during COVID and now coming out of COVID slowly but surely. Right. It's a world far from without distractions. So what, what are you finding, again, in these COVID, beginning to come out of COVID times, as you're working with leaders, you're encouraging them, you're, you're yep. getting under them only to lift them up. What piece of advice are you giving them in these times, in these days, um, to further encourage them in, as a leader to stay focused, to, to lead more from the inside out? What, what piece of advice would you give? Let me give three. Uh, first, I'll tell a story. There's the world's most famous poem is called the Bhagavad Gita, and it's the essence of Hindu philosophy. In the Bhagavad Gita, uh, the, you have a person who's a general. He has two choices: very bad and worse. You have two options: bad, worse. And the advice he gets is, "What is his? Be where you are. Yeah. Do not fixate on the outcome." Do not fix that on the outcome. Focus on the process of what you're doing. You have a clear strategy. You do your best and you make peace. You keep focused on that. You don't focus on the results. You focus on the process. If you look at it, a golf story. Golfer is playing at the country club championship. Final hole. Gets ready to tee off. Has a chance to win. Force him in front of him, noisy, drinking beer. Very distracting. But he focuses. Hits the ball. Looks perfect. Something happens, goes into the rough. What happened? He walks over. His ball hit a beer can. The idiots in front of him left a beer can. Oh, man. Angry. What's a golfer have to do? Breathe. Calm down. Do not think of the beer can. <laughs> do not think of the golfers. Do not think of winning the championship. Do not think of the drive. Come up with a strategy. You walk up to the ball. You hit the shot in front of you. Mm. 
hit the shot in front of you. Just keep remembering, I got to hit the shots in front of me. And one guideline for press, I've read 400 books on Buddhism. So I'm a philosophical Buddhist. I read 400 books on Buddhism. I can save you the 400 books. Carol Kaufman, uh, Harvard uh, Medical um, School of Coaching taught me this. The best technique for mindfulness I've ever seen. At any second in time, keep one question in front of you. Am I being the person that I want to be right now? Am I being the person that I want to be right now? Mm. The answer to that question is yes, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. The answer to the question is no, you're doing the wrong thing. Hmm. That's a pretty simple question. I, I saved you the 400 books and the mindfulness course. You certainly did. <laughs> you know, just, just that question will do it because that is mindfulness. Yeah. That is leadership from the inside out. Yeah. Am I being the person that I want to be right now? Not next week, not next year. At this moment, the kid's trying to talk to you, Daddy, and you're talking on the cell phone. Are you being the father you want to be right now? Mm. Somebody corrects your driving, you start screaming at them. Yeah, are you being the husband you want to be right now? I'll tell you, it speaks to, for me, as I'm listening to you, it really speaks to that mindfulness, that just being present based on the people and the things that matter most in, in the moment. And so I really appreciate it. I'll tell you, time has gone by so quickly. I'm like, can we have another two hours, Marshall? No, I. you've been so gracious with your time uh, and your insight and wisdom today. So for that, I just say thank you so much for being with us. Before I let you go, though, is there any just word of wisdom as it relates to success, life, that maybe you haven't shared already, you want to further? Yeah, advice? let me give you a final advice. Take a deep breath. Imagine you're 95 years old. You're just getting ready to die. You're on that deathbed. Here comes your last breath. You're given a beautiful gift. The ability to go back in time and listen to the person who's listening to me right now, to talk to that person. The ability to help that person have a better life. What advice would that old person who knows what mattered in life and didn't have for you that's listening to me right now? Well, whatever you're thinking now, do that. In terms of performance appraisal, that's the only one that matters. That old person says you did the right thing, you did. Person says you made a mistake, you did. You don't have to impress anybody else. Some friends of mine interviewed old folks and got to ask the question. Three themes. Personal side, three words, be happy now. Yeah. Not next week, not next month, be happy now. The great Western disease, I'll be happy when I get the money, status, BMW. Life is short, be happy now. Number two, do whatever you can do to help people, friends, family, the people around you. Don't get so busy climbing the ladder that you forget the people you love. And then number three, if you have a dream, go for it. Because you don't go for it when you're 30. You may not when you're 80. And it doesn't have to be big, maybe a little one. People that try to achieve their dreams are happier. You may not win. At least you tried. Mm -hmm. Finally, as I've grown older, my level of aspiration has gone down and down and down. My level of impact up and up and up. Yeah. Why? I quit worrying about what I'm not going to change. So for everybody listening, I've got one goal in life. And, 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 you know, Rob, thank you. You helped me achieve my goal when we started. I have one goal in life. Help you have, not some abstraction, some theory. You, real human, have a little better life. If I help you have a little better life, this is a great call. Well, you certainly helped me have a little bit better of a life just having you on. And uh, I'm really trying to soak in our conversation, talking about being present and be able to go a little off, you know, I have questions prepared or whatever, but I really try to hold on to that loosely to see, you know, where's Marshall going in the moment? Where's the conversation going in the moment? And because of that, I'm able to really soak it in 
So thank you so much for that. Where can we find out more about you? Is it marshallgoldsmith.com? Yeah, yeah, go to www.marshallgoldsmith.com. Uh, LinkedIn, I can't have any more connections because they tap out, but I got 1.3 million followers. I hate the term follower, but you can be a follower on LinkedIn. Um, marshallgoldsmith.com. Send me an email, marshall at marshallgoldsmith.com. I love getting emails. So I, if you send me an email, I can't get back to you immediately, but I always get back to people. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks again. I know you oh, have- yeah, By the way, I give everything away. So all my material, copy, share, download, duplicate. You can change it. Put your name on it. <laughs> I don't care. I give it all the way. I've got the best security system in the world. You can't steal any of my stuff. <laughs> well, that's, that, again, I have pers personal experience with Marshall in that way. He's been kind enough to spend time with me. He's endorsed some of my books. He's, uh, what he's saying, spot on, take full advantage of it. But in doing so, make sure that you're also doing it for other people. Make sure that you're personally doing it for other people. And so, Marshall, thank you for what you do. Most importantly, thank you for who you are. We've learned so much today. I've learned so much today. I just pray a blessing over you and your family and the work of your hands and all that you do. So thanks for joining with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. Well, listen, uh, as Marshall exits, I just want to say thank you to each and all that have listened, that have watched, that have been a part of the Inside Out Leadership show and podcast today. Um, you know, just a closing thought. As I'm listening to Marshall share these golden, not just golden nuggets of wisdom, he's just pouring out like a drink offering today based on just who he is, his life experience, uh, his heart, his mind, every fiber of his being. I can't help but take away. If we wanna be successful, it starts in us. And the more full we are, the higher perspective we have on ourselves, on those around us now, we can also pour out and give to other people what we have received first. So thanks for that, Marshall. Appreciate you. So I also want to say special thanks to Auto Conversion. Auto Conversion is our sponsor. You know, I've been utilizing Auto Conversion since 2017. If you are a content producer, if you're an author, if you're a speaker, and you're looking for someone to help you with your PR and marketing strategy, please take the step that I did since 2017 and go to autoconversion.net and look into their membership program. I'm a proud member. And again, I have been for now for a few years. They've helped me. They've helped me by not just promoting, but strategizing surrounding this very podcast called Inside Out Leadership, helping strategize, but also promote and help get guests like Marshall Goldsmith on the show. So it can help you. It can help others all around the world. So take that step today. Reach out to Auto Conversion. You're going to be so happy that you did so. In addition to that, I want to invite all of you. I have a Get Paid to Speak Bootcamp, a world-class speaker community that's meant for aspiring speakers and seasoned speakers alike. If you want to up your game and get paid what you're worth to speak, please contact me right away. You can do it through a variety of different ways, but the best is robholman.com forward slash GPS. We'll make sure you get plugged into the community and start coming out right away to our monthly sessions. So listen, I just want to thank all of you for joining with us today. You could be anywhere with anyone, but you've chosen in this moment and in this time to be with me, with Marshall on Inside Out Leadership. We'll see you later. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.
this is Audiburst Media.